You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. This episode of the Prince Kai Fan Pod is brought to you by our Patreon supporters, Aviva, Hannah, Lena Darling, Lily, Rebecca Davies, and Rebecca Schroeder. Thank you. Stars above, it's the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Patreon supporters. I'm Becca. I'm Bethany. And I'm Ashley. And today we're covering Scarlet chapters 9 and 10. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's supposed to be 54 on Sunday. Ooh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it snowed again this morning, but the end is in sight. (laughs) Don't even tell me how warm it is in, in Mississippi. How are you guys doing? Sorry. Have you found your gun barrel yet? I haven't had time because I go to the gym every day after work for an hour plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have two more elliptical workouts. Uh, well, yeah, I've got one more. And then on Friday, I'm going to incorporate a new, new thing of running. So I'm going to start running again. So I'm going to do an hour on the elliptical, five minutes on the treadmill trying to run and build up my body to be able to run again so i'm very excited about friday how long has it been since you actually ran though because it's been a while i've ran less than 100 feet (laughs) this week but like in general because you used to be yes a runner yeah i still am still am at heart still road warrior (laughs) that's actually that's actually one of the um groups running groups that i'm part of yeah road warriors um it has been over a year since i've been able to actually like go out and do a mile and a half with no no sweat yeah. Well, a lot of sweat because I sweat a lot. But so have you been mean. on a waiver like mm-hmm. since you joined? No, no, not since I joined. No, I've been on a waiver for since my surgery, since a little bit before my surgery. The appendix one. Mm-hmm. And when was that? That was July of eighteen. So you've been like very slowly healing for S- very slowly, almost two years. Yes, it's awful. Yeah. I hate it. So, I'm sorry, for us non-military folk, this is a waiver so you don't have to do that PT test that everybody has to do every so often? So, I do have to still do a PT test. I was exempt from only the run portion. It's got four components. You have your run, which is where 60 points of the test is. So, that's the bulk of it. Then you have an AC, which is 20 points. AC is your abdominal circumference. And so, they measure how how wide you are essentially (laughs) around the waist. That's actually a lot of controversy with that one. It's actually a DOD supplement on how to actually do that. And that's how we implemented it as the air force. And then the last two components are your push-ups and your sit-ups. And those are each 10 points. Mm -hmm. So it comes out to a hundred points. I'm just excited to run again. Yeah. I'm excited for you. That's a long time to not be able to do anything. Running is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's the only cardio I like. So I totally get that. I could not be more different. It is my most hated cardio. You have to see my Harry Potter medal from my Harry Potter 5K. I believe I've seen your Harry Potter medal. Yes. Have you? I, yeah, I think you, you showed show me. It to her. Did I? Oh, okay. That's my favorite medal. I have multiple. That is- That's my favorite one. Okay, but so 
gym classes in high school, I went to a large high school. So we got to choose from like a million different types of PE classes. And there was, there were a few of them where all you did the entire semester was like fly kites, go sledding, go bowling, like do all the fun stuff. But once in that semester, you had to run one mile. So I did not take that class. (laughs) I, as a morbidly obese teenager with a crush on the boy in the swim team class, took the swimming class. Like every, I was like, I would rather be me in a swimsuit in front of like cute boy as a high schooler than run a mile. Like that is how much I did not want to run a mile. I've always been a runner. Always. Since I was, I was little actually. I love running. I'm so jealous. Like I, and I hear people talk about it and like, you know, the, the way that it makes them feel. And that's how like swimming laps I think is to me, you know, but I just, I would never, I would never run voluntarily except to complete a triathlon because you just have, and I love the swim and the bike. And so it's worth it, but. Yeah. So those are my favorite medals that I have are my triathlon medals. Nice. How many of those have you done? Uh, Three. I've done three and I've done a biathlon. Biathlon is just two of those components. Mine was a swim and a run. It was a 300 meter swim and a three mile run. Okay. It was it was tough. It was probably the one of the hardest things I've ever done. I believe that. And then the triathlons. I love them. The coolest medal ever was from the Omaha Half Marathon because they were all made of recycled glass. That's cool. That is cool. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool medal. Like I literally did 13 point whatever one miles just for that super cool medal, but never again. We should take a picture. You take a picture of your medals. Ashley, I'll take a picture of her medals. I'll take a picture of the ones I have, and then I'll compose them into one picture and post them on Instagram with this episode. So everyone can see our lovely medals. Just the running medals? No, they can be the triathlon medals. Just the triathlon and running medals? What other athletic medals do you have, Braggy? I've got figure skating medals. Oh, you do? I will have to dig them out. Oh, yeah. I'm not digging out all my old cross-country stuff. I don't know which box it's in. I have four out I think that I can find and then I'll get my other medals okay I have roller skating medals yes okay I'm not gonna go through the trouble of trying to find all of mine I'm gonna do the ones I can but you guys feel free and I'll compose a picture with all of them and I'll post them on our our Instagram I can't promise timeliness if I have to find these all because they are in our storage unit but I can at least send you pictures of my more recent, not the figure, not the roller skating. I don't have pictures of those, but that's still pretty cool. I'll do my picture of my really cool half marathon one. Okay, go. that works. I can send the the ones that I have out. Okay, right we'll do that. Whatever, whichever ones are easily accessible. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, we didn't really hear what was going on with you guys because I totally interrupted. I asked about the that's gun it. barrel, and then we started talking about running and medals. What in your life this oh. week? Oh, what is going on with you this week, Ashley? Um, this weekend we are doing, me and a group of friends are going and getting day drunk in New Orleans and we're going to be dressed in wedding dresses because we're runaway brides. Okay. Why, why are you, um, in costume? Why are we in costume? So the other women never had a good bachelorette party. Okay. 
I did. I had a great bachelorette party. If you've ever... It, do you know what Hamburger Mary's is? No. Do you, Becca? No. Um, Wait, is this drag- appropriate for our younger listeners? It is a drag show. <laughs> oh, okay, then yes, that's so, fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine, perfect, perfectly safe and legal fun. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's where I had mine. I had mine at a drag show. Okay. And it was super fun. Um, my mom was there, and yeah. Yeah. It was great. I hope you have fun this weekend. You'll have to take pictures for us. We will. We're taking lots of pictures. Good. Yeah. Good. Our DD is taking all the pictures for us. So Um, they won't be like blurry drunk photos. They shouldn't be, no. But the rest of us will be because it is me, my friend Gypsy, my friend Sierra, and then Stacy. And then the DD is a man named Joshua. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. So it's going to be super fun. It'll be it'll be a blast. That's awesome. What have you been up to this week? You didn't tell us about your week either. I mean, I told you that it snowed last night and it's going to be warm on Sunday. And that's pretty much what I've been focusing on in life. Um, what about work and home and stuff? Yeah, so we did our taxes and got some of the refund back already because we paid extra to get it back. And we were able to get propane. So my place is toasty warm. Yeah, I'm so excited. And in in Ashley's honor now, I've decided I'm making red beans and rice tomorrow. So it's now in your honor since you're going to New Orleans. I can at least have that since I don't get to party. Um, Yeah, no, things are good. We're taking the the kids to the ENT this week for their nosebleeds and just yeah (laughs) how about you bethany oh um okay (laughs) i'm doing i i am doing my best you're hanging in there right you're healing some hopefully uh well i was (laughs) what'd you do i fell in the shower and uh the door went directly into the incision site so kind of a big setback, but go back to work this weekend, and I start my practicum next week at a uh, local middle school library, so that's exciting. Hell yeah. Um, oh, they don't call it a library. Sorry. It's a media and technology center. It's a library. <laughs> I don't understand. Ours was media center in the mid-80s in my elementary school. They always called it the media center. What else? There's nothing going on. I'm really boring. Oh, I tried to read a book called Caraval. It was recommended by some of our listeners. I'm very sorry, you guys. I cannot get into that book. Hmm. I'm super sorry. Everyone kept saying to read it. I cannot get through it. It's. I'm trying really hard. What's it about? Um, what's it about? I'm not entirely sure. Do you have it? I have it. I have it. I have it. It's it's like this girl and her sister, and they have a really bad home life, so she's trying to get married. But she doesn't know the person she's marrying, so he might also be bad and not give them a good home life. And then they try to go to this thing called Caraball, which is a extravagant and spectacle carnival type thing. And her sister gets taken and she can't find her. And you're not supposed to believe anything that happens at Caraval or trust anyone. There's a couple bad guys. She's all alone. It's kind of scary. It's kind of all over the place. Maybe that's why I'm having trouble following it. I'm told that the first one is okay. The second one is not good. And the third one is amazing. That's a lot of toughing it out. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much I'm going to actually read, but I'm trying. Did you hear, I heard this on Leah's podcast this week, 
That they're making a prequel to The Hunger Games? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I'm so excited. Yes, they are making a prequel to The Hunger Games. Yeah, that's super rad. I hope it's good. So are we ready to talk about Fan Art Friday? Yee. I am so ready to talk about how the way that the background is done makes it look like he's coming out of a book. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. So this is our first look at Thorn, and this is also from Kirsty Carter Art on Instagram. What did you guys think? I pictured him blonder and less menacing. Same. I pictured him like surfer dude, like... Stereotypical American. Yes. Yeah. But this is gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I think perhaps if he were smiling... He wouldn't look so surly, you know? I don't think... Uh, I don't ever see... I see him sometimes, like, smiling full out, but it's more like a smirk. Yes, smirking is the perfect word for it. You know who he reminds me of, but not as... But he's obviously not a womanizer, and he doesn't wear suits, is Barney Stinson. Very arrogant, very carefree, very attractive, very charming. Barney Stinson is played by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Physically, I, I can see him looking a little Neil Patrick harris but younger, but right. not how Neil Patrick Harris looked when he was young, because he was kind of scrawny. I don't picture Thorne as scrawny, but I don't necessarily picture him as, well, like, muscular either. If you take senior year Zach Morris okay. and then average him out with freshman college year Zach Morris in the buffness department like not as ripped as he was in the college years but more manly than he was in the last regular season of Saved by the Bell that is my thorn okay I like that I picture an actor which I've shared on our Instagram before so go scroll down and take a look at that if you want I'll share it again Uh, he was on Heart of Dixie now I'm gonna have that college years theme song stuck in my head because <laughs> I know all the words to that theme song I do not I never really got into the college years much oh um they played it in the morning like yeah. before school and uh I would watch it with my sisters in the morning when I was getting them ready for school because it was the only thing that would keep them still while I was braiding their hair <laughs> nice sure yeah. so but I, I do really like this art. I, I do think he looks a little more surly than I picture him. And I'm very interested to see some of the fan art that we have coming up. But I'm still very excited that we got this one. And a big thank you to Kirsty Carter Art because she shared quite a lot with us. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you look too serious. Yeah, Thorne is not a serious person. <laughs> wasn't last week's art also Kirsty, or was it the week before? No, last week was Kirsty as well. She gave yeah. us our first look at Wolf. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So I wrote a survey for us for some listener feedback. You can find it on our Facebook, our Instagram, and our website. And I would love it if everyone would go and fill it out and try to be honest but kind. We've gotten a lot of feedback and it's all been very positive. So thank you. A couple of things I want to address from the feedback. One was that there's too much housekeeping. I totally get it. If you don't want to deal with housekeeping, if you want to just go straight to the chapter discussion there should be a fast forward button on whatever platform you use to listen to the podcast i'm going to start putting in the show notes at what time 
the chapter discussion will start. So you guys can go ahead and skip these segments and go straight to the chapter discussion if that's what you would like to do. And then the other thing I want to address is we got questions about why we don't do more giveaways. It is not free to do the podcast. (laughs) The Patreon has been successful in terms of I enjoy doing it and I greatly appreciate everyone who has joined, but it costs more than it makes at the moment. So it doesn't make enough to support giveaways. We will be doing some in the future when we're financially capable, but I don't make a ton of money. So (laughs) I need time, but I promise I will do them more when I have more money. But at the moment, I just, I've had to take a month off of work, so I'm kind of behind. Yeah, did I explain that okay? Yeah, I okay. think it works. Um, did you want to mention yes. all of our information about Scarlet okay. Benoit? So we had a couple people message me about spoilers. We are not giving away spoilers. We've had a couple people who've, who've said we're giving away spoilers about Michelle Benoit. Uh, We are not giving away spoilers. That information was shared to us in Cinder when Cinder fixed Nancy and Nancy started speaking. So I'm going to go ahead and read what we know from her. It's on page 199 of Cinder if you want to look it up. So, pacted that a man by the name of Logan Tanner, a lunar doctor who worked under the reign of Queen Channery, first brought Princess Selene to Earth approximately four months after her alleged death. Unfortunately, Tanner was admitted to Yu Ming Psychiatric Hospital on 8 May 125 TE and committed bioelectric-induced suicide on 17 January 126 TE. Those sources indicate that Princess Selene had been given to another keeper years before Tanner's death. I have thus far not been able to confirm the identity of that keeper. One suspect is an ex-military pilot from the European Federation, Wing Commander Michelle Benoit. That's where it stops. So we do have a little bit of information about Michelle Benoit. We do have a little bit of information about someone named Logan Tanner. And we do have a little bit of information about Princess Celine, how and when she was brought to Earth, and why Michelle Benoit may have been involved. So I appreciate everyone letting us know. If you do notice any spoilers, please feel free to reach out to us and we will address them just in case they are spoilers. But the conversation about maybe Michelle was kidnapped because she is connected with Celine is not a spoiler. It was just briefly mentioned in Cinder. Thank you. You're welcome. I think that's it for housekeeping. Cool. So, without further ado, last week we left off with Scarlet at the farm Right? Yes, and in Chapter 8. And At the Morel Farm. Yes. And she got to see a fight between Wolf and a terrifying man named Hunter, who was terrifying but not successful. <laughs> and who I thought was goofy. Yes. <laughs> so, Chapter 9, we're back with Cinder and Thorn. Uh, we last left off, Cinder had glamoured some of the prison employees so that they could climb down to the sewer tunnels. And we start with Thorn cursing and unmanly shrieking. I feel this. Okay. Okay, so for <laughs> reference, my these two pages, um, there's just two words written on both the pages, and it's both yuck. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have for notes for this, because I'm just like, uh, yeah. more nasty. <laughs> He's got a cockroach down his back. Down yeah. his back and under his, it's in his uniform. Okay, and this is one time where Marissa Meyer and her imagery, I could do without. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So yes. they're they're in the tunnels. Thorn's freaking out because there's a cockroach in his uniform. 
Cinder is like super annoyed, but then she scans with her flashlight and sees a huge nest of them and has this inner moment where she's like, all right, well, I wouldn't like it either, but still. (laughs) But she tells him to be quiet because someone could hear them. They are in the sewers, in the yucky, and she is barefoot. She is barefoot, just one. Just one. The other (laughs) one's metal, so it's okay. It ground. She tells us that she- it grounds her. Yeah, because <laughs> against the current. I know, but I'm like, I literally oh. took that as that's her grounding. That it's not so bad. I can't feel it on one foot. I just gotta think about that. <laughs> that's what I got. I got it as her saying that it was grounding her against yeah. the current. The literal sense of it. Yeah. I got the figurative sense. One hundred percent. She has another map in her head of the sewers. We should start counting how many times she pulls up maps and blueprints. <laughs> go back to the last book to really do that properly but she has some I'm sorry I would be so distracted if I could just stare at maps and blueprints all day I love maps so much I think the rabbit hole of the internet if it were stuck inside my brain at all times would never end um I'd love it. Yeah. Because I have the ADHD, a rabbit hole, and I squirrel so often. Like, yeah. yesterday, um, I just went into a deep dive about H.P. Lovecraft, and I got onto Aleister Crowley, who is a creator of a paganistic religion. I don't know how I got there, <laughs> but I got there. I think it's, like, Thelema or something like that. It's, it's interesting, but going... That's the jump I took. I think it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I got there. I very much, until I was diagnosed with ADHD, like well into my 30s, I had such a misunderstanding about what that was and thought I couldn't possibly have it because I do the same thing with the rabbit holes. Like I just a few months ago spent like two and a half days completely revamping the green chili pepper business of the world like I have this whole plan in my head and I just need like a patent attorney and an engineer to team up with like and then I will fix all the problems of these poor farmers in New Mexico like I just I get on these kicks like I lost interest after two and a half days are you talking about green chilies or hatch chilies because you said New Mexico green chilies Okay, because hatch is specific to that region. Those are my actually my favorite type of chili because of the way that they taste. Oh, okay. Well, the green chilies that they grow that's like the state vegetable or whatever of New Mexico are very challenging to harvest. Yes. But I don't think they have to be. I have a plan. <laughs> Becca over here with her plans. To me, it seems like such an obvious plan. I'm not going to give away my secrets and have somebody steal my million dollar idea. But it seems like such an obvious plan that I must be missing something super simple or somebody would have already done it. But it it's going to solve all the problems. Yeah, It's fun. ADHD is fun, isn't it? It is. I know. Yeah. But if I had the internet just in my brain, or if, even if I just had an atlas in my brain, like if the internet, instead of being the internet, if it was just like, Like, when we first got a fairly good computer, it came with, like, the Encyclopedia Britannica, like, CD-ROM. If I just had that, or if I just had an atlas, like, I still, I would get nothing done ever. I would just stare at maps. We should pay close attention to the behaviors of our characters and see if we think any of our characters, main or otherwise, have ADHD. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 
I would say if she wasn't an android, maybe Iko a little bit, but <laughs> you can't you can't really blame her. <laughs> I love Iko. I don't know. I feel like I guess yeah. She reminds me a little bit of myself when I was really really young, and I didn't necessarily know how to control my emotions. Very good. Yes, she's very much. Um, did anybody besides me watch Lizzie McGuire? I did. She yes. reminds me. She reminds me of Lizzie McGuire's like inner persona. Yes. Yes, the yes. little cartoon Lizzie. Oh so, yes. I was way too old to have watched that show, but I've mentioned it on here before. I was the when the movie came out. I was at the very first showing. So I actually showed John that movie. He was slightly so he was playing a game on his PC. This is when his PC was downstairs still, or he was playing PC. And every five minutes, he would turn around and watch and then sit there for 10 minutes. And then he'd remember he was playing a video game and turn around and start playing again. And then he'd turn right back around. I was like, just watch it, man. Just watch it. It's not too terrible. That's funny. Just so good. So let's get back on track. Cinder is just using the blueprint and the map to get around the sewer systems. And it's gross. They are ankle deep in sludge. And she one of her feet is bare. And I loved this phrase. It's hot as Mars. So good. So disgusting, but so good. Yes. Is it still August? Yeah, it's only been 12 days since the book started. (laughs) Well, this book or the other book? When did we start? It's only been 12 days since Cinder started. I know, but was it late August, mid-August? It's the 15th, so right now it would be... Late August. Late August, so August, like, 27, 28, so almost the end of August, but still fairly warm and humid. And in China, Beijing, Asia, yeah, it's more Mm tropical-ish, subtropical, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, yeah, it would make sense that around... What when we have Labor Day, they would still be having some pretty warm, humid stuff. Going now, on. has anyone been in a sewer tunnel besides myself? Nope, I no. don't want to stay away from those. They're creepy. They're disgusting. And as someone who has a fear of being trapped, they're horrible. But they're actually cold. I accidentally got in one when I was a kid because I didn't know what it was. And they had been doing some construction and someone had left one of the manhole covers off. So my sister, Ivy, and I were like, well, this will be fun. And we were left unsupervised because back then you just told your kids to come home when the streetlights came on. True, true, true. (laughs) And we climbed down there. And it wasn't filled with sewage and it wasn't dirty. It was just an empty tunnel. But it was like June in Illinois and it was freezing down there. Like it was really chilly. And it had, like, a breeze going, and it smelled really bad, and you could hear dripping, and it echoed horribly, and you could hear, like, the scurrying of Illinois in June, probably raccoons more than rats, but I'm sure rats were there. And so I was thinking about that the entire time that I was reading this, because I was like, so it's like what I did when I was a kid, but with sewage and sludge, and it's not cold. Yeah. The reason why I asked is because maybe there's, like, water, like, not completely stagnant, but slow-moving water that's filtering into the sewer, and it's warming up with the sun. I think also it just depends on the location, the Mm. type of material that the sewer is made out of, the type of road that is above the sewer. Like, there's a lot of elements involved. But I did like the phrasing hot as smart. And they're walking through the sludge. Thorne is freaking out. Cinder's trying not to freak out. Because she's judging Thorn hardcore and she doesn't want to give face, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
And the smell is growing worse because the sludge is starting to turn into actual excrement waste, which is disgusting. Yeah, that's black water straight Ooh. up, which is pretty gross. She's getting yeah. nauseous. Living in yeah. a little too, like, knowledgeable now about black water tanks. And, uh, yeah, gross. Yeah. See, should, yeah. should we take a moment to explain black water, or do we think everyone knows what it is? It's well, poop in it, right? Yep. Yeah, basically, it's just water with poop in it. Yeah, so I have a gray water tank and I have a black water tank. Now, the gray water, that's going to be my dishwater, sink water, shower water. So it'll have, like, soap in it, but mostly it's just water. We've had little leak issues with that before. Like, the valve actually froze open recently. Yeah, so we've had, like, that spill, but, like, the only harmful thing in it is soap, you know, so not that big of a deal. Yeah, the black water tank, if that ever happened, we just could not ever use it. Like, that would just be awful. And I I also want to point out that this is potentially dangerous. It's not just gross. It is potentially dangerous. If <laughs> it's gross and it's horrible. If one of them accidentally, I don't know, fell and swallowed it, they could develop, they could get cholera. They could develop septic reactions inside their body. Like this is potentially more than just gross. Their wrists are cut. Their wrists are cut and open. They're going to die. Oh my goodness. They have open wounds. That's a very good point to bring up. I thought about that in the last time that we, we read about them being in the sewers. That was something that the first time I read the book, that's that went through my head and it just didn't pop up until just now. Well, before we hadn't actually been in the sewers, they were they just had, talking about yeah. going to them. But yeah, sewers, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They have open sores. So they could they could get cholera. They could develop sepsis. They could get an infection, which they, would die very quickly. That is worse than the flesh eating bacteria of Biloxi Bay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, notably... That's probably not going to happen. We obviously don't think that, you know, five seconds into the second book of a series, we're going to lose the main character and someone who looks like is a new character to cholera. But (laughs) I do want to point out that it's not just gross. It's dangerous. And it's obviously it's making her nauseous. Thorne is just super grossed out. He amuses me so much in this chapter because he's just like, he's how I would be if I was stuck in there. I would be very dramatic about it. But they're crawling through and it gets to the part where they have to cross two meters. And I misread it at first and thought they were going to jump across two meters, which isn't very much. It's like six and a half feet. But that's still a lot to jump over, you know, a river of sewage, a river of sewage, because not just is there sewage. It's it's not stagnant. Like you said, there's a current running through it. It is horrible. It swelled and churned. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just enjoying it so that was my face yesterday and now i'm like normalized with it yeah. so now i'm fine but yeah that's what, how i read it i was okay this is really sad because you can actually see it in my book my pen started to die and oh. i brought this to the gym with me to do all the notes while i was on the elliptical and my pen died on page 86 which is three pages into the chapter at the top of page 86 yeah. so i was like <laughs> You're like nine uh, paragraphs in. Yeah. And so then I just listened to Call of Cthulhu. So yeah. I'm also very desensitized to like that stuff because I read it while I was at the gym. And yeah. So- <laughs> I do think it's really upsetting that she can't turn down her 
like interface because she can adjust her audio. She can adjust her visual. And I, it's a little upsetting that she can't do something to block her nose. Like we've talked, I think we talked before about how like when I was working on a farm, we would put Vaseline up our nose mm-hmm. when we cleaned out the pig pen and the horse area because the manure smell can be really, really, really bad. Well, she doesn't have anything, and I'm upset that whoever designed her interface didn't include that. They took care of her audio and visual, but nothing to do with her nose. Which is, I mean, I guess pretty good, because nose and mouth are connected with smell and taste. Oh, maybe she can taste it too, gross. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, I just thought about that. (sighs) Again, I think Thorn is the comic relief our books have been waiting for. (laughs) It seems like, isn't there anything in your hand? And Cinder goes, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot my grappling hook. Yeah, I, and as I'm, as my, my pen is dying, and you can just see it because of the relief, because I write so hard, it says, ah, sarcasm. And it's <laughs> faded out. My old friend. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of sarcasm on that page, too. I also, like, I laughed when she said the pretend captain. That made yep. me chuckle. Yep, yep, yeah. pretend captain. <laughs> They finally do get it out of the uh, disgusting sewer, but not, not without having their lovely white jumpers um, tinged greenish brown, which is pretty gross. I do love the visual of Thorn walking through the sludge with both his arms out like this. And I can picture the like expression on his face. I can see like how he's probably like tiptoeing, even though that doesn't make too much of a difference. Like, I get a very comical vision in my head of him, the way they describe him walking through. Thorn inched his way into the sledge, holding his arms aloft. He was grimacing the whole time as he slinked his way to the grate and hauled himself up beside Cinder. Like, it's it's comical to me. I love love his line about the soap, too. (laughs) This is what I get for complaining about the soap. (laughs) So... With the greenish brown, all I can think of is um, baby's diapers. All I can think of is the scene from Shawshank Redemption. Okay. That is where I went with it. Which is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen, because like I said, I'm a little claustrophobic. So the idea of, for some reason, maybe getting stuck in that tunnel and dying because you choked on excrement, like, uh, I can't. (laughs) I'm so upset. But <laughs> but I, I do think of that particular scene and how he like comes out and it's raining and he's got a white T-shirt on and they're wearing white jumpsuits, which are <laughs> blinding in the sun now that uh, they're out in the open. <laughs> yeah. And you're, have you ever gone spelunking? I don't even know what that is. Have you gone spelunking? Cave diving? Oh, OK. Um, oh, I do. I knew that word. Okay. No, I, I had to, I remember looking that word up in a book a few years ago, and I can't remember thinking of the word, but I remember thinking that's a weird name for it. Yeah, so I've gone spelunking. Um, I'm not fond of it, but it was fun. When you come out of a cave, the vivid greens that you see, because I came out, um, how it was positioned was there was pretty much the cave opening and then the forest. And when you come out, the vibrant colors that are all around you is ridiculous. And I just remember how vivid green looks specifically. And that's what I'm seeing in this, is how vivid all the colors are, and specifically their white jumpers. I don't think they're around any trees, though, unfortunately, because they're in the middle of the city. But I could see, like, they do talk about how they can see the heat rising off of the asphalt of the road Mm -hmm. and I definitely got a vivid visual of that yeah so yeah when you come come from that darkness you see 
you see every color. It's actually overwhelming. Um, I don't think I've ever been that overwhelmed. Yeah, you can. Uh, that's that's just what my visual is for it. Is because coming from that that dark place, going into some place that is you know high noon probably very bright. I think it is awesome. right around that time of day. They were only under for twelve minutes, according to her clock. I find that interesting. It seems like so much longer, but also like twelve minutes of that is just well. Also, twelve minutes. They haven't gotten very far from the prison. No, uh, yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah, I'm surprised when they come out that they're not that far. It, assuming that they can walk super duper fast, they're like three quarters of a mile away from the prison. They're not that far. What is that like? Two? Did you just? Yeah, he came in here. And My farted. dog just came in here and farted. <laughs> he demanded to be let into the room. He walked in. He farted right next to the couch and then walked to the door. Okay. Um. He heard what we were talking about. <laughs> he wanted. A, he wanted a. Uh. Yes. So, I mean, for example, after I injured my foot, as I was in cross country for several years, and I was at like a six or seven minute mile when I was my fastest, when I came back after being on bed rest from breaking my foot, the first time I ran a mile without stopping, it took me 11 minutes. So let's assume that they're walking super duper fast. They've gotten maybe three quarters of a mile from the prison. They are not far at all. That's like a 20 second drive in a car. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, where they let out that they think it's not. Well, I guess Thorne did say it was parked really close by. He did, yeah. Yeah. But it's only been 12 minutes. So at this point, Kai hasn't even been alerted yet because we find out that Kai was alerted 45 minutes after they found out that she left the prison. And it says they're about six to eight blocks from Thorne's ship. I think we skipped it, but I did like the part where he says captain and she's like cadet. Oh, yeah. All the sarcasm (laughs) and captaining. All the sarcasm between Thorne and Cinder is just absolutely hilarious. I like that we're taken back to the play quarantines. I am too. I like her her moment where she says she's pleading for patience because she just, this guy's annoying her and there's emergency hovers overhead that they can hear. Yeah, she pops her head out of this manhole and right then a hover is going by. But thank goodness it's got the red cross on it. And they're out now in the humid, but they're still covered in shit and... Literally. Yeah. So they're amongst these concrete buildings. Hold on. I just want to talk about the brain interface. Oh, I skipped that part. Yes. Yeah. She says, thanks God, it's a medical emergency hover. Because if it were a police enforcement one, she would have to worry about brain interface overriding tasers, which to me sounds like a weapon specifically designed to target cyborgs. Hmm. Because who else are you using that on? Well, yeah, because nobody else. I guess you could potentially use it on androids, but that doesn't seem as necessary. No. I feel like you don't get a lot of rogue androids that need to be taken out. Yeah, but wait, do you think they're designed to target cyborgs or do you think they're designed to target lunars? Why not both? Well, no, no, no. It says a brain interface overriding taser. Lunars don't have a brain interface. Do most cyborgs have a brain interface, though? Like, Cinder's cyborgness is so sophisticated, and... They're not all going to have hers, but they're going to have a little bit because they have to have nerve connectors so that they can move their ligaments. Yeah. It's going to be enough that it knocks them out, 
and it's going to be enough that it prevents them from using their limbs. But, like, 3% dude who has, like, just a bionic foot, right? Obviously, it's probably not going to be as detrimental to to him as it would be other people. But, like, I mean, if you forget about 6% guy, let's say that there's someone who has a bionic eye. Okay, sure. I would say that we're getting into medical now. (laughs) I would say that all of this needs to be somewhat connected to the hypothalamus or you're not going to be able to use it. You're not going to be able to feel with it. You're not going to be able to connect your, you know, the way that we move our hand is because we're telling our body to move our hand and the neuron receptors in our brain move our hand to have a limb, even a technology based one move we are going to need to tell it to move. So the nerve receptors have to be connected to it somehow. So obviously most people don't have her brain. Because remember, Lee was like, oh my God, holy shit, doctor, wait till you see this girl's brain. I've never seen anything like it before. But they're going to have some brain interface. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to control those limbs. And this specifically being a brain interface overriding taser, to me, that's that's a direct target against cyborgs. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You seem skeptical. No, I just missed that. Like, I just thought, I thought, like, oh, taser, so it's like an electric shock kind of dealy, so it's, like, to, like, short-circuit their bioelectricity glamour business. I was thinking lunar. I, I was thinking, I was thinking that. I suppose it could work on a lunar, but lunars is bioelectricity. It's not anything man-made that we know of. And the cyborg is a brain interface. Interfaces. I mean, it is still a taser. It's still a taser. It's still going to shock. Yeah, it's still going to hurt you. It just, the fact that this is a brain interface overriding taser, to me, seems very specific. Uh And maybe she's just being paranoid. We don't even know that that's a thing. This is all happening in Cinder's head. Mm -hmm. Like, this is Cinder's perspective so i mean it might not even be a real taser maybe she's heard horror stories about you know things that happen to cyborgs and so that's where her brain goes is the worst case scenario yeah it could be Mm -hmm. what page is it on let's let's see exactly what it says visions of androids armed with brain interface overriding tasers sent a shudder through her so yeah yeah to me that's what it seems like Uh uh-huh and it looks like even the police aren't police they're androids yeah, which, like, that makes sense, though, because, you know, yeah. being police officer is a very dangerous job. So, you know, and they use robots now to go into situations and, like, disarm explosives or, you know, do recon or whatever. So defuse explosives, stuff like that. So it would make sense that they would send in androids. Yeah. Those, though, are all manned by people. Yes, they are, Scamp. (laughs) In in real time, somebody's controlling it. Like the, um, what are those things called? The Sheldon and the Amy. Uh, Did you guys watch Big Bang? Okay, in Big Bang Theory, Sheldon Cooper uh, on Big Bang Theory, like he makes this robot of himself and it has like basically an iPad for a head. And he's in his bedroom controlling it, but it, like, wears his T-shirt and rolls around, like, in life so that he can't catch a sickness. They have two of them at the tech library here in town, and they named them Sheldon and Amy after the characters in the show. 
But so, but he's like physically in real time controlling it from his computer. So Ashley, you're saying that's what the police officers are using these days for like their recon and stuff. They're controlling it mm -hmm. in real time. Yes, for EOD, that's what they do. They don't necessarily defuse the bomb themselves. Okay. Anyways, so they pop out and they're near the plague quarantines and Cinder gives the all clear and then her optimism starts crumbling because Thorne has no idea where the f his spaceship is, which, okay, he's been locked up for 228 days, so I feel like it's okay to be a little disoriented. Yeah, well, especially since they just popped out and he doesn't recognize anything. But yeah, it's been almost a year. It's been at least two thirds of a year that he's been down there, right? Plus, yes. he basically just, I mean, literally just popped up from under the city doesn't know where he is he doesn't have the map in his head like cinder does he hasn't been following along the whole time of course he's freaking disoriented what do you expect he's also not from this area cinder is knows the she should know the town and everything he's he's some just random american <laughs> yes i mean who knows how long he was in new beijing before he got captured i'm guessing not super long definitely and not yeah, I don't think that it's too unreasonable that it takes them a minute to figure out where the hell they are when they're just in the middle of a bunch of cement buildings that probably all look the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. But I love the cinder sass that we get here, though. Thorn says, a captain always knows where his ship is. It's like a psychic, psychic bond. And Cinder's like, yeah, if only we had a captain here. I know, right? Oh, I love it so much. Oh. So she's wishing she had a plan B. And they finally find the warehouse that the ship is stored at, and it's locked, and you need an ID scanner, because as we've discussed, you need an ID scanner to do anything in this place. We find out he's been paying rent on this place, and this guy comes out, Alec, who's kind of a douche, of course, because who else would rent out a hangar to people in jail with known stolen ships? I thought while I was reading this yesterday, and I didn't write down, of course Thorne would have some, like, shady contacts. <laughs> I got a guy on the outside. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and their escape is on the news now, so everybody knows at this point. So I would say at this point, it's past the 45-minute marker that Kai found out about. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. been, it's been now 45 minutes, which is when Kai found out. So Thorne's response to finding out his escapades are on the news is, how did I look? Which reminds me of Flynn Rider from... Oh, yeah, I love Flynn Rider. And he's like, they always get my nose wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they always got his nose, like, way wrong. They did. <laughs> Tangled. She's never seen Tangled, remember? You've never seen Tangled! We've had this conversation. Okay. She needs to. You do. It's, it's cute. Yeah. So, there's a... This is yet another character we have with no sense of the big picture. But, uh, to be fair, it does seem like he's intentionally not trying to take anything too seriously. And Alec, this super delightful guy who's housing a stolen ship for Thorn, the friendliness froze over when he got a look at Cinder. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So they're considered armed and dangerous. I mean, she's armed now because she got an extra arm. But uh, <laughs> they didn't know that. <laughs> Wait, what's the extra arm? She still only has one she arm. She only has one, but she got the new one. Yes, but it's not extra. She still only has two arms with her. Consider it extra. I don't know. I just do. She'd be fine without it. So for her, it's extra. and Yeah. Bonus. 
But anyways, she's armed and dangerous, and she's assisting a felon, and one of them, them being Cyborg and Lunar. Okay, so the reason that Alec is like, yeah, I've been holding your shit, but I'm not going to help you today, bro, is because he could pretend he didn't know that the ship was stolen, but he can't pretend he's not helping a felon. Yep. Especially a felon with one of them. Now, I took the one of them to mean Lunar, but I think it means Cyborg, because if you pay attention to the chapter, he's constantly staring at her limbs, her metal extremities. So I'm wondering if he considers the them her cyborgness. What did you guys think? Cyborg or Lunar? I think it's a little bit of both. It's it's prejudice regardless. Of course. So. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. He won't give him the shit and Thorne is outraged. <laughs> yes. She's my ship! Alec is a bit of a tool and a womanizer little girl. Oh, ooh, I hate that. I hate the little girl, but also I hate it's so realistic, but so depressing to me that in this world, there is still just so much misogyny and like just people are just sexually harassing left and right. All of these girls are just all these women are just being treated terribly all the time. It almost feels to a certain extent, if you consider the situation with Audrey being incapable of taking care of her family unless she had a husband, mm-hmm. it almost feels like we went back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that after the wars we did, but it, it just... So my theory on this going backwards as far as equality, we've had a significant population lowering, right? So... Decline. Decline. Thank you. We've had a significant population decline from this war, from this plague. A guy can go out and get a bunch of ladies knocked up. But then, you know, in order to raise all those children, you know, somebody's got to do it. So I feel like in times where, you know, we need to grow the population, it's probably a lot easier to discriminate against the people who have the uteruses. Well, and if you look at history in general, typically right after wartime, there is a resurgence of population growth. um, Or you just have a population growth, it's better to say it that way. And typically you'll see women staying at home, raising and rearing children. I can see that happening, and that's where the discrimination comes back is because, oh, well, you don't know what you're doing because you you're not part of the workforce. It's very similar to, like, post-World War II, the men came back from war, and there was a huge push from women wanting to keep their jobs and men having the reaction of, and obviously this isn't all men do this and all women do this, but the majority of the population was women wanted to keep working, And men were like, "Uh, we're back now. We want our factory jobs back. We want our field jobs back. You can go back home where you belong. Now that we're home after making you safe, we want our jobs back. And that's when there was a big push for women to enter the workforce voluntarily, not just because men were at war. But it could have gone the other direction. It could have very easily gone the other direction. And it's very possible, like you said, that after this last world war, which caused so much devastation, it's ridiculous, to this planet is like a minuscule size population-wise compared to what it is even now, that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. 
Very, very plausible to happen. Yeah. Making it even more impressive that someone like Michelle Benoit was a wing commander. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Still wouldn't have that sexism where you wouldn't be able to join the military and stuff like that. I wasn't saying she couldn't join the military. She probably wouldn't have been drafted. Exactly. Which um, which meant that during the wartime, she entered the military yeah. when most women were staying home. And yeah, I unfortunately or, or being required to or something. This sounds really terrible. I would love there to be a draft for women, too, but I don't see it ever happening because of pregnancy in general. Pregnancy. It would be easier for women to dodge the draft than it is for men. I mean, I'm not in the military, so I feel like my opinion doesn't matter as much. But I personally have issues with the whole equality thing. Mm -hmm. I think if we're going to treat men and women equally, we should treat men and women equally, which means the military should treat them equally the same. So if men are a part of the draft, I feel like women should be a part of the draft. Mm -hmm. But I've had several women who... To, in hearing that opinion have called me anti-feminist and it's like no the whole point is that it's equally treated if they can be drafted i don't see why we can't be drafted yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a whole thing i but like i said i don't see it changing because of the cost of doing that if there ever was a chance that we would have or a opportunity not really an opportunity what? to have that the draft brought up Let's entertain the idea that there was a draft and they were so desperate that they pulled men and women, meaning that the amount of women would have been lower than expected post-war and they would definitely have to stay home to raise the babies. Yes. That would explain quite a bit of this backtrack in women's rights women's rights women's expectations the way they're being treated like you said over sexualizing teenage girls is not only a common occurrence but it's publicly acceptable it's socially acceptable it's socially expected even Uh i mean we have to assume that something caused that big of a shift because it wasn't just in new beijing and it wasn't just in rio it was both places Think about it also. Go back to Audrey wanting to marry her daughter off at 18. 17. 17. That's not heard of these days. You don't do that. Even the seamstress was like, well, she's only 17. And Audrey was like, she costs too much money. Yeah. Uh So I think that you're you're spot on. Yeah. I mean, I was told I got married really young. I mean, I did too, but I was 21. Yeah, I was 23. I was 22 when we got engaged and I had a lot of people like, wow, you, you're really young to get married. And then it's like, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, my mom got married at 17. My grandmother got married at 15. It's just how it was. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't have an arranged marriage like my grandma, but still. Yeah. Um, but anyways, little girl, misogynistic, womanizer, terrible society. <sighs> but Carswell is a really good customer. So Alec tries to cut them a little slack and is like, look, I won't tell them you were here. If you want to run away, go ahead. But I'm not helping you out. Yeah. It's the best your kind deserve. Top of page 92. I don't rat out my customers, but it's no favor to you. I wouldn't blink twice before sending you off to rot. It's the best your kind deserve. Now get away from my warehouse before I change my mind. Ooh. The best your kind deserve. Again, cyborg or lunar, both. Both. The prejudice in this world is just awful. And then, oh, desperation weld inside Cinder. That line. I love that I line. Think, I feel like we I focus on this a lot, and I'm sorry, but I do want to bring it up. 
Thorne seems like a relatively decent person. I mean, he doesn't seem to have a problem with her being cyborg. Even when he finds out she's lunar, he's like, eh, whatever. What the hell? Like, who am I to judge? But he not only doesn't have a reaction to the way Alex speaks to her or talks about her, he doesn't jump to defend her. He's not like, hey, this is my partner. You can't talk to her like that. Or, hey, she helped me out of jail. If you think I'm a good customer, trust me, she's a good girl. Like, none of that. He just stands idly by. I mean, perhaps we could be like, yeah, he's thinking of a plan B in his head, but he doesn't seem the type to be doing that. So I think he doesn't have a, a place to butt in. I think Cinder being how aggressive she is, and how stand up for herself as she is. I don't think he has a, an opportunity to be that way to mm-hmm. for us. I think, too, that in this world, this attitude is just so normalized. Yeah. You wouldn't think to defend someone. I mean, I mean, think back even like late 90s, early 2000s. If somebody called somebody the other F word, right? Yes. The one we don't say. Yes. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have necessarily 100% of the time jumped to anyone's defense for that. I don't think a lot of people even realize why that term is offensive. Still? Could be. I had to explain to Quentin why it was an offensive term because he didn't know what it meant. He just knew that people used it as an offensive term. He didn't know the origin. of So the origin of it is that that word refers to a bundle of sticks. Uh-huh. During the time of witch burnings, they didn't want to waste wood on men accused of homosexuality. So they would use the leftover twigs, the bundles of sticks from witch burnings to burn homosexuals at the stake. Hence the connection. Okay. That is a horribly derogative phrase. But you're right. It, 10, 15 years ago. People said that all the time. People said it on television. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting. We've been binging the West Wing because I just need an escape from, you know, real modern politics. And uh, the thing that's so glaring is that they sometimes mention gay marriage as if it's like a thing and it's like controversial. And I think like, wow, this was a thing. And this seems like five minutes ago, but it seems like so long ago. I mean, even something as simple as smoking. If you go back and you watch Friends, when they're all trying to get Chandler to quit, they talk about how dangerous it is to his health and how he's, you know, it can cause cancer. And they talk about that commercial. If you watch Cheers, even just five years before Friends, when uh, Chrissy Alley's character is trying to quit smoking, they talk about how it'll save her money how it won't make her fingers dirty, how it won't make her hair smell bad. Times make a big difference. And it's, it. I mean, even just in a couple of years, things can change drastically. And what we see in this society is that, like you said, everything is so normalized. It seems like not only have things changed for the worse, they changed that way a long time ago. Yeah, And he probably isn't aware of these issues anyway. No, because he... Yeah, you don't think about how other people are being treated necessarily. You just live with your, you know, straight white male thorn privilege. And uh, I mean, it's Quentin and I have had that conversation, which Ashley and I have talked about before, where, you know, Quentin is a good man. He's not misogynistic. He's not a womanizer and he's not sexist. So when he's confronted with sexism in the military, he's like, 
oh, that's still a thing. And Ashley's like, yeah, you should see my life. Mm-hmm. Tim doesn't deal with that. That's not a part of Quentin's world. Yeah. And Quentin doesn't behave that way. I think if he saw it, he would correct it. But yeah, that's definitely. not that's not the way he behaves. Yep. And the different um, varying career fields as well. We both are part of the 3D community. Um, That's just the indicator of being in comm. Um, But his career field for women is way smaller pool than mine is. Yeah. He every time he gets every time he gets a female student, he's like, I have a female student because he's been teaching for over two years. He's had four. Yeah. In two years. That's that's such a small number. And even you being in this career field is rare. How many female instructors are there that teach in comm? In our squadron, there is, at least for my career field specifically, it is of the enlisted, me and another female. And that's it. And that's it. However, we do have civilian females that work with us, which is three. But that's still, what, five out of maybe that's not even half of our instructors. Right. And I mean, mean, there are female dominated roles as well. My father is a nurse, which Mm -hmm. is becoming more and more normalized, but he gets so much harassment for it. It's stupid. And my father is not a small person. He's like Quentin's size. He's not a small person, but I mean, he's a man and he's a nurse and that's a female dominated society. It's just what it is. For whatever reason, we're in a we're back in a male-dominated society. It didn't change. It's very unfortunate because we know that this is at least two to three hundred years in the future, probably more. And we've somehow backtracked quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But to get away from this misogynistic, can we say because that's something we should beep out? Yes. Okay. Uh, Talking about a wiener. (laughs) Well, he is one. Um, He's a big wiener, guys. She uses her gift to knock him out. That's a new trick of hers. We haven't seen her use it True. to physically <laughs> knock someone out. I want to know how that works. Okay, well, it's, in, it's not on purpose, right? Because she's clenching her fist, but the surge of electricity lashes out. It doesn't say she las- lashes out. It seems like the electricity is lashing out on its own. She is blinded by it. it she gets this white-hot pain at the base of her neck like she got before. And then he's, like, dead on the ground, not really dead. She's like, he's fine, I think. I hope. Because she doesn't really know. I like how automatically Thorne's like, oh, look at his jewelry. And like, I feel like he's over there, like, (laughs) taking this pocket watch. Like, this is mine out. He pockets it. Oh, I bet he definitely took the mini port watch. We find out that there's cameras that caught everything. And Thorne is watching the news and goes, oh, there's another jailbreak. It was a lunar. (laughs) We're fine. They're not going to pay attention to us when a lunar escapes. And then it, like, slowly dawns on him, and he's like, you're a lunar? And she's like, you're a criminal mastermind? And I swear he has this moment of, like, okay, fair enough, let's go. Because, again, he's just like, you're a lunar? Whatever. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) He has this moment where he's afraid, and then he's like, eh, all right. Because what else is he going to do, right? Mm -hmm. I don't like the psychotic moment. That's a bit dramatic, but it seems like Thorne is very dramatic, so. (laughs) Yeah. Him and Iko together would be one hell of a reality show oh in there with all their drama. <laughs> I would love that. That would be great. So she goes, she's basically, she's like, yeah, I'm a lunar and you're stuck with me. Oh, also, you look like an idiot. Yes. 
She always knows how to in- insult him. I know. <laughs> kind of right, right where he she, likes it. She, she's like, I know what will make you feel worst about yourself. <laughs> yes. I love... Okay, so here's another blueprint. She downloads the blueprint for the 214 Rapion class 11.3 cargo ship. <laughs> she automatically... She's like, boom, done. Yeah. Well, we find out that the roof opens and we get a description of the ship on page 94. A 214 Rampion, class 11.3 cargo ship, the engine room, and a fully stocked dock with two satellite pod ships took up the underbelly while the main level housed cargo bay, cockpit, galley kitchen, six crew quarters, and a shared washroom. This is a pretty big ship. It is a pretty big ship. Yeah. This isn't like a little car. This isn't even like a little minivan. This is like one of those big extra wide minivans that they use as, quote, buses when you go to church. You know what I mean? Yes. This is like the aircraft carrier of aircrafts. Yeah. Like it's... a C-17? I don't think it's that big. No. No. Or C-5? No, I don't think it's that big. I think it'd be like half that size. Okay. I'm picturing, and I know this is really bad, but I'm, I always picture like some sort of version of the ship from Futurama. Oh my Just, God. Like, the shape of it. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, like, more military green than lime green with little circles on it. But it also has a naked lady painted on it. Of course, this guy has a naked lady painted on it. <laughs> it's nose art, and I love nose art, and we're not allowed to do it anymore. In the Does it say it's on the nose? I thought it said it was on the back of it. It doesn't. It's called nose art. That's what it's. The actual term is? No matter where it is on the plane? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I don't picture this in the shape of a plane. I picture it, it's a spaceship, so I picture it, like I said, like the... Yeah. Yeah. What kind of shape do you guys think it is? We're not really given an indication what shape it is. I picture it like the Hindenburg. <laughs> I know that I'm wrong, but that's still just how I picture it. Which I can share a picture of on Instagram if everybody doesn't know what it is. But either way, like she said, there's nose art because, of course, this is exactly the type of person who would paint a naked lady on his ship. If he if he were a truck driver, he would have the naked lady mud flaps. But there's yeah. no mud flaps on this ship. So, you know, you don't have mud flaps. You just paint it right on the door. Yeah. He's also like if he were a truck driver, you would open the door and then like Arby's and McDonald's would fall out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he used the painting to paint over the American symbol. That was on the plane, but there's plenty of room for avoiding each other, which I think is a, another funny line that we get. And they're, they're walking around, they're trying to figure everything out, and military forces have arrived, so time to go. Yep, pretty much. And the passcode is Captain is King. Of course. Of course, but it doesn't open for Captain is King. It doesn't open at all. She says, did you leave the headlights on? She's like, well, all right, where's the key? And Thorn goes... Yeah, let me just pull it out of my prison-issued pocket and we'll be on our way. So he's sassy and sarcastic, too. And this is where we get Cinder, like Ashley said, pulling up the blueprints. She goes to find this power source of the ship and connects herself and diverts power from herself to power this ship. Essentially, she's jump-starting the ship with her brain. Am I the only one that thinks her brain must have a hell of a lot of power in it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to jumpstart a semi with a smart car? Because my brain, that's what it thinks of. I love that you reference. Well, what's another? I can't think of a better equivalent. It's beautiful. It's just, I, I'm thinking of a Cinder smart car now. <laughs> but that's, that's where our chapter ends. And I'm wondering if maybe we should start counting captains because it's mentioned nine times in this chapter alone. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Thorn? He's a big goof. Yeah. No, I think he's so fun. Yeah, I think fun is better. I laugh at the parts that him and Cinder have together, so it's amusing to me. I came up with, like, four titles for this chapter, so let's hear your guys' first. (laughs) I couldn't find anything for this one. Okay. Okay, I did, but I have to look up the name of it again. So, we talked about Shawshank Redemption. Yes. And Andy Dufresne. Yes. So the piece that he plays for them, the record that he plays, is from The Marriage of Figaro by uh, Mozart. That was the one I thought of. It's that it's that little duet from Marriage of Figaro, and it's gorgeous. A Little Song on the Breeze. I had the Italian name when I looked it up. Conza- I don't speak Italian, so I'm sorry. Conzanetta Sola Aria. Yes. Okay. Because that was kind of just really what I was picturing as they were in the sewers. I was thinking Getaway Car. And I don't know that one. That's okay. It's it's from an album. It's not a publicly released single. Um, But that's what I was thinking of. Because it talks about, like, two people working together to to rob and get away. And then one person betraying them at the end. And nobody betrayed anybody here. But, like, I just got that vibe. Alec did. Yeah. So I came up with Getaway Car by Taylor Swift and Space Captain by Barbara Streisand. I thought that one sounded familiar when we talked about it earlier. I just didn't know who sang it. What, Space Captain? I've heard it for sure. I just don't remember what it sounds like or anything. I just, I know, I know the name of it and that's it. I think I like Becca's. Okay. Because it's, yeah, it pulls into that Shawshank Redemption type thing. I just really love Shawshank. If anybody has not seen the marriage of figaro you guys it is delightful like if you like opera at all go see la traviata of course because that's what you see but like once you've seen that go see marriage of figaro it's so great it's so funny and beautiful but start with la traviata if you're not an opera fan yet because that's what richard Gere takes julia roberts to in pretty woman i have not seen that movie in so long it's also the basis for moulin rouge Oh. So real quick, what are your chapter quotes from chapter nine of Scarlet? Mine was on page 88. Though it was still early, the day was already hot and whimsical mirages were rising from the pavement, having forgotten the drenching summer storm from two nights before. I love the word whimsical. I love the word whimsical. Yes, that's a great word. Another word that doesn't get used enough like we talked about. That's a very, that's very you, Becca. <laughs> it fi- I, that I think that's like the perfect quote from this. It's very, very you. It's very imagery based. It is, and it's that whimsicalness. <laughs> okay, so Ashley, do you want to read your quote? Yes, mine is. She'd never worked in anything larger than a pod ship before. But how difficult could it be, or how different could they be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder how diff- I've only worked on servers. I wonder how different a regular PC computer could be. It's different, Cinder. It's different. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, that's just minor dialogue to Cinder. Like, shut up, you. Yeah, shut up, you. <laughs> what was yours? Mine was Thorn. Yeah, let me just pull it out of my Persian-issued pocket and we'll be on our way. I just like how sassy he is. Cinder deserves it, all right? Cinder is our sassy girl and we love it, but somebody should give it back. Yes. So we start chapter 10. We're in the same scene, but now we get Thorne's perspective. 
And he's just over and over again, Captain is king, Captain is king, Captain is king, open up! <laughs> oh my god, that was perfect. That was beautiful. <laughs> and finally it does open up. It does, the ramp lowering onto the concrete. Yay! But now the hatch won't close, so he's like, close hatch, close hatch! And <laughs> a disembodied voice, right? Feminine voice. A disembodied feminine voice goes, I'm working on it! I don't know how to do a disembodied feminine voice, but I'm working on it. She's working on it. (laughs) And he thinks that it's the ship talking. Oh my gosh. Again, this is making me laugh so much, because he's just like, Rampion? It's like um, that episode of Friends, when the fire alarm won't stop going off, and it comes back to her door, and it's like, Phoebe Buffet, and she's like, fire alarm <laughs> she thinks the fire alarm is talking to her <laughs> so i actually got when you just said it um have you guys seen frozen 2 yeah, yeah i cried it was beautiful samantha i don't even know samantha <laughs> <laughs> so it's i got so samantha, funny yeah. it's so funny so he thinks the ship is talking to him and i got i immediately thought of pirates of the caribbean because the bullets keep coming at the ship and i thought quit blowing holes in my ship Yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> Flawless. So more cursing from uh, Thorn and Rampion fly. And Cinder's like, you have to take off manually. And <laughs> pretty sure Thorn doesn't know how to fly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that seems pretty apparent. You can fly, right? Uh, yes. Not feeling really confident in those skills, Thorn. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> He bestows a, what is it? A vote of confidence. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, question mark. Uh, And there's more. There's more of him talking to this ship. (laughs) The ship starts to warble and tilt because he can't fly it. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that. Don't do that. He has no idea what to do with this ship. So, okay, they get in the ship and... He can't control the ship. He thinks the ship is talking to him. He doesn't know how to fly it. Mm-hmm. And he can't figure out. It takes him way too long to figure out that Cinder is the reason the ship is suddenly working. And that she's the one talking to him through the ship's, what, interface? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's up on the page of 100. It takes him a little bit too long, I think, yeah. to figure it out. Oh, yeah. But she says the power cell is going to die. So you have to engage the backup thrusters. Engage the backup. What? Oh, I found him. Yeah. What is that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're right here. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> and then he yells at he yells at her. Stop distracting me. I don't think that's the problem, Captain. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so either. I think he had no idea what to do. Yeah, and he's he says that the reason he's having trouble is because normally the automatic stabilizer kicks in. So she turns them on and goes dead quiet. And they take off into the clouds, and it's just like he said, from zero to the stars in two minutes, which makes me think of Peter Pan. And he goes, good work, cyborg girl. I'm like, did he not learn her name yet? No, he learned her name. I double-checked. He goes, you're hired. Welcome to my crew. Maybe we should get a pilot, which also made me laugh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. I So going back a little bit, where it says only him and the sky and the endless landscape of space, I just put in there freedom. 
Yeah. It's a very American thing. It is. I just liked it. That is an American type of thing to have that uh, sensation, I think. He says cyborg, cyborg girl three times. I know. That's why I was what? like, oh, does he not know her name? And then he calls her Cinder. And I was like, okay, so you do know her name. Why do you keep calling? I guess it's better than Lunar Girl, but I feel like it's still kind of derogative, right? To go cyborg girl. I don't think, I, I don't think he means it that way, but yeah. we know that it's a prejudice here. Mm-hmm. But I think from him, it's like a term of affection. Oh, he, that's... I mean, he's he's a fugitive. He stole a ship. Like, he's a little subversive, right? So in the way that the people at the Morell farm fighting and having tattoos and weird implants and cyborgs walking around being normalized, you know, he seems to think that it's, you know, it, it, other than the fact that he got, well, he'll get skeeved out in a minute, um, he seems pretty chill with the cyborg thing. I think so, yeah. too. That And, I mean, you know, she's been calling him cadet this whole time, <laughs> so, like, she deserves this yeah, part. that's fair. <laughs> Playful teasing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And so he, he finds his cyborg girl, and he turns on the emergency red light, and she won't move. Yeah. Her robotic hand is plugged into the port of an exposed computer panel. He doesn't care that she's lunar or cyborg, because he checks on her. He doesn't. he doesn't just leave her there. He's not like, oh, good, she got my ship up and going, and now she's knocked out, so I don't even have to deal with her. Done. You know, wipes his hands and walks away. He's like, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. So he pulls her away. He looks for a heartbeat, but he can't hear one over the engines. Her eyes look empty. Yeah, that was eerie. That was really eerie. Dark and empty. She's really heavy because of her cyborg parts. She's pale and filthy, which I'm sure he is, too, after the morning they've had. And he starts looking for a power button or a cable connector or a charging cord. I, um, I wrote in my note, man, question mark, as he's pulling her by the ankles. Oh, Did yeah. Anybody else get caveman feel? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. He, oh, my God. He just shouts at things to make them work. Wake up. <laughs> It sounds like there's an audio control system. Mm, oh, of the ship, yes. But it's just funny, like, that they just shouting at things. <laughs> He's like, you're a part computer. Don't you follow voice command? <laughs> it's like the clapper. Yeah. <laughs> so he can't figure out a way to charge her because there's two male cables. And this is where he gets, like Becca said, a little uh, disgusted. Referring to plugging it into her skull. I almost have okay. that as my, as my quote. Which one? The, oh boy, you don't think, oh, that's disgusting. Okay, at first when I read that, I was like, he's a The reason he thinks it's disgusting, I kind of get why that would freak you out a little bit. Because he thinks that all of the, because he's kind of stupid, I guess, he thinks that all of the technology and electricity in her brain is just sticking out of the goopy brain tissue. And he's going to open it up and see, like, brain pudding and jello with like little pieces of technology sticking out of the quarters that does sound a little creepy i could see why that would be like a little and cringy and stuff but luckily it's not like that i just thought about how cool uh like a dish would be um to name it brain pudding and it have be like a gray pudding and then serve it (laughs) like a halloween party (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect Becca has the best face right now about it. She's, like, all scrunched up and, like, icky, 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 ew. 
would not eat brain pudding. Although at a Halloween party once, I made mini meatloaves shaped like little brains, like with the two little hemispheres. And, you know, of course, the ketchup on top to make them bloody. Yeah. yeah. My mom yeah. made a brain cake once. Ooh. It was really dope. What did you guys think of the of that? Did you think that that was the reason he thought it was disgusting and that's why he was like, oh, it's fine now that I realize it's separated? Or do you think he's just, it's more cyborg prejudice? I think it's just gross, icky, 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 gross. Yeah, I think he was thinking that he was going to literally, like, open her skull skull and see brain matter and blood and stuff and not just computer. Yeah, because he says he's relieved that he doesn't see brain tissue. So he plugs her in. And I love this line, 12 heartbeats later. Yeah. I love the imagery of thinking of counting and heartbeats. Yes. Yes. And she's alive. (sighs) And she almost nut punches him. (laughs) For sure. With good reason. Like, you're up there in my brain. I think that's also a modesty thing. Well, it looks like it's an accident. No, no, I don't no. think she's intentionally trying to do it. No, for him. In, in oh. her brain, like a modesty thing. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. But yeah, it says the girl's left shoulder jerked out of Thorne's grip. He dropped her onto the floor, letting her head lull to one side. Her leg flailed, nearly catching Thorne in the groin. So, yeah. yeah. I think that was totally an accident. But- yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she's got slurred words, and it almost drained her power system. And she's like, you opened my control panel? I mean, without consent, right? I mean, that is kind of a violation, you know, of her bodily autonomy, you know? And, I mean, he had to do it to keep her safe. I mean, to, like, revive her or whatever. But it's kind of icky having somebody just go inside you like that without permission, you know, kind of rapey. Yeah. And I apologize. I forgot that this is a bit of an egg hatch. He, The reason he knows to do this is because he watched her do this in his cell on page 105. With her vid cable? Yes. So that's why he knew that there were cables there. So I apologize. That is a bit of a, an A catch. But she's upset at first, but then she's grateful because it was fast thinking. He may have saved her. And he goes, we're having another moment, aren't we? He is <laughs> very Flynn Rider. You're right. Yeah. He's very Flynn Rider. Which, yeah, that would make sense. Flynn Rider. Tangled is my favorite. So, of course, I would be thinking this character is hilarious when I love Tangled. <laughs> yep. So, Cinder and Thorne are... I, I really like how sassy they are. I think that with as serious as these books are... I mean, a couple chapters ago, we were talking about someone being tortured with red-hot pokers. It's nice to have some of this comic relief of two people being sassy and getting into hijinks together. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Was anyone else reminded... Um, when it's when they're talking about draining her power system, was anyone else reminded of the Princess Bride when they suck a year of their life away? Oh, that's so good. I didn't even think of that. That's a great one. I love it. Yeah, I didn't think of that at all. That's a great comparison. Because how many years do they suck off? I forget. I mean, my book is over there and I could grab it, but. I don't recall. Okay, but it was a lot. It was into the double digits. I know that. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the chapter. This is the line of freedom that I was thinking of because I knew it was at the end of a chapter. So I apologize. Yeah, the very last. I'll take it, said Thorne, stretching out on the floor beside her and enjoying the cold hardness of the dock's floor. The obnoxiously glaring lights overhead, the stink of sewage on their clothes, and the perfect sensation of freedom. That was almost my quote, the perfect <laughs> sensation of freedom. So that was our chapter. That was our chapter. So what was your quote, Miss Becca? Yeah, Ashley actually already pointed mine out, so I'm hoping I'm not stealing from what you picked, Ashley, but 
Then it was only him and the sky and the endless landscape of space. Page 102. That was one of, I guess, one of three now. One of three options. Yeah. Yeah, because she even underlined it. Yep, that was was a good one. But not mine. Mine is... I guess it was pretty fast thinking. I like that she compliments him. Yeah, she's grossed out, and then she's like, well, all right, you might have been a good partner to pick after all. Bethany. <laughs> Mine was Thorn. We're having another moment, aren't we? You just, I just, I think it's so funny, and it's nice to laugh. These books are so serious, you guys. Oh, yeah, for it's, sure. It's really nice to have a moment where we can chuckle. So now do you want to talk about your chapter title? Yes. And explain, explain to Becca, because I already heard it. You did already hear it. Okay, so in this chapter, we got a lot of thorn saving cinder. cinder. And in that, it reminded me of going through both SABC training, which is self aid buddy care, which is something that I have to go through annually, uh, and then actually going through the class for CPR, where they teach you where they teach you how to save somebody's life. And they teach you with a specific song. Yes. And it's Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. And so that's (laughs) that's the perfect rhythm to keep a good pace when performing CPR. So ah, 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 staying alive. And you mentioned specifically 12 heartbeats. That is another good point. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Okay. What did you think of, Becca? I so love it. I love that. I cannot top that. I love it. I did not think of one one for this one yet. I was still kind of contemplating. I, I love this. Okay. So the one that I thought of is Charge Me Up by Jennifer Lopez. I don't know if I know that, though, I guess. Oh, it's literally like I need to be recharged and stuff. Like Cinder needing to be recharged. <laughs> but I did Google it to try and be a little bit, to try and find, like, others that might have. Because I try to find titles that appeal to more than one part of the story so that we can see which one we like best. So I also got plugged in by, uh, I can't pronounce this very well, you guys, uh, Lacroix X Zaytover and Rocket Man by Sir Elton John. So what, um, what title do we decide on? I like, I like the VGs. Okay. Okay. So there were no gloves and no tomatoes, but I did count the word captain because it shows up 13 times in these two chapters, which seems crazy to me. It is kind of crazy. Yes. He really does oh. love being a captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not, so it sucks to be him. Right. <laughs> there were five Easter eggs. However, please let me know if you find more, because I think that there was a lot going on in these two chapters, and I'm not sure if I got all of them. And remember, you can see what all of those Easter eggs are on our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash Pod. And remember, you can join for as little as $1 a month, and you will receive all of the benefits, including my Easter eggs. Woo! And Patreon members, make sure that you take a look at your email. I will be asking for your address, because I'm going to be sending out presents soon. Yay! Don't forget, next episode, we are going to cover chapters 11 and 12. And are we going to have a special guest next week? Uh, the plan is, yes, we will, have a, we will have a special guest for chapters 11 and 12. So stay tuned for our special guest. Don't forget that lovely, lovely Bethany has created <laughs> a feedback survey. And to fill it out, you can find it on our website, our Patreon, or the link in our Instagram bio. We also have an Instagram to 
go and follow us on. You can follow <laughs> us on Facebook. You can follow us on quite pretty much everything. Rate, review, subscribe. We haven't talked about it yet. Are we going to auction off this book like we did the other one? We are going to auction off this book, but it is going to be for the Patreon this time. Okay, cool, cool. And Channery's Little Devil is is patiently waiting for her package. So I'm hoping that we finish it soon and uh, we can get it out to her. For sure. Yes. We should take a picture of it before we actually send it out. I'm going to ask her if she'll do a live video when she opens it on Instagram. Okay, that also works. An unboxing. Yes. So that's it, I guess. Till next time. Don't get glamored. Get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Ashley Leonard and Rebecca Baker. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening.